0: Podcast. Hey, Gengarotain! I'm here to tell you about ABM Conversations, hosted by Yog Ganesh, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. His podcast helps B2B marketers and sales professionals explore strategies, tactics, and real experiments to drive revenue, customer engagement, and retention. He recently had an episode that fits right into our customer success sweet spot about how to create personalized content experiences in B2B SaaS. Something that you all should check out. So go listen to ABM Conversations wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Gang Grow Retain. How's everybody doing? Let's do a Great. quick check-in before I introduce the topic. And luckily Jay stopped me before I, you know, got in there. But Christy, hello, good to see you.
1: Hello. Hello. You looking?
0: You're looking lovely. Your office is looking nice. Your fire is lit. Your dog is sleeping. <laughs> How are you? Let's check in today's uh, one to 10. How are we feeling this week?
1: Seven, like a strong seven, like almost teetering an eight.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. That is, that's good. good. But that's, I think it's for two reasons.
1: That? We had off on Monday. I don't know if you guys were closed for president's day. So, not. Having, okay. So we were closed on Monday. So having a little bit of a longer weekend gave me time to refresh and re-energize. And I'm going to travel today and go see people in person. And so that always gives me life.
2: That's so cool. I like it. You can do that again soon. Yeah. Really. Jay. Um, Probably a seven. Yeah. About a seven. Um, Why is that? I don't know. It's just where I am. Seven. All right. How about you? Uh, I'll go
0: with like a six. I'm, uh, Uh, my, uh, two reasons, um, one, my, um, lovely wife decided to wake up a bit early today and, um, you know, life happens. And, you know, she just decided that this morning was, uh, one of those mornings where she would open every door and, uh, um, turn on all the lights and, um, you know, just happened this morning. So I feel like I got a little, a little abruptly. Well, she doesn't listen to the podcast. So I don't think I'm going to be in any trouble for saying that. (laughs)
2: Well, in case she does, <laughs> let me
1: come to her defense for a second here, Jeff. A pregnant woman can do no
0: wrong. Right?
2: Yeah, whatever so, she wants. I don't care if yeah, she wants that's... to open
1: all the doors, hey, all the windows, that's... turn on all the lights. She wants to play the drums. Like <laughs> we're gonna let her do that, and you can figure out a time to nap later.
0: Hey, I um, I I did not mention this to her. You know, <laughs> I I woke up and you know uh, was a champ. Um, but the other reason, and I I gave this. I have a team meeting that I, I uh, talked about and gave this quote where um, I always say like, I'm uh, I feel like I'm moving forward, but always behind. And it's just like a a feeling like we got right now that um, I think we're making progress on a lot of things, but also feel like we're behind on a lot of things. And so it's just kind of, uh, you know, trying to make sure we can prioritize the right things and get things done, but we're getting there. Things are moving, which is good. Momentum and forward momentum is good. All right, so we, we're going to come to the table today and we haven't really looped Christy in, So this is going to be her, you know, this is your moment to get looped in on, you know, what we wanted to talk about today. But I think the the thing that Jay and I were going back and forth on last night um, as we were talking about a few other things work-related was, you know, what are some of the the things that keep coming up in customer success that people might hold true that we think are probably going to, either radically change or, or change in the near future or the not so distant future. Um, you know, I would say a similar approach is when you look at some of the content that Chris Walker puts out on LinkedIn, he's um, very much on the angle of, um, you know, kind of measuring marketing is hard and measuring marketing in a funnel is probably something that um, we've just used for so long that, and it hasn't been adapted or adopted. And so now he's you know, pushing for a different way is looking into dark social and talking about these channels that um, are kind of unique or different that you can't necessarily measure. Um, One example I threw out last night, just to give you maybe more context, Christy, was this idea of a customer journey. I think we talk about a customer journey in very finite stages and it's point in time moments. And I just think that as we go forward, there's probably going to be somebody or some, some technology or some person that comes up with a different concept about how to uh, maybe think about the journey a little bit differently. Maybe it's a little bit more fluid. It's not as stark. Um, there's different ways that you can uh, look at it in terms of customer. Maybe it becomes a little bit more, per- like an act, it actually becomes a little bit more personalized. Like right now, I think we say that, but I think it's still a challenge to really personalize kind of every moment of the journey. And so that is one maybe that I, I think about where everyone always, I mean, I still remember five years ago when Jay and I were doing some consulting and everyone would ask us like, oh, are you going to help us map our customer journey. Like that was like the first thing that they would ask. It's like, are you going to help us map the customer journey? And like, yes, it's important. Yes, we want to. But at the same time, I think it's just one of those things that people talk about as like, uh, oh yeah, if we're in customer success, we have to have a journey or like, yeah, that has to be true. Um, And so I just think that we're going to change in the near future, both based on technology. And I think the journey, um, you know, is just getting outdated in terms of the way we think about staging and some of the, of the, some of those moments. So that's just
2: one. At least that I think. Yeah, another way to say it is like, what's a broken mindset that we have in customer success based on old or bad assumptions? So I'll throw out an example, um, and we talk about it a lot. Uh, the fact that customer success has to be a one-to-one thing, I think, is an old and broken assumption. And what I mean by that is, you know, we we have this almost this old school account management mindset around customer success, which is, you know, I have my book of business and I just have to hammer the phones all day and talk to these customers one at a time. And really what I think, you know, we're seeing is that first of all, customers don't want to have conversations with their vendors that often, right? Maybe Um, there's limited value that one person can provide especially if they're new. Now, we should still have these relationships. Let, let me preface what I'm saying by that. But how do you provide more value from a from a from a company perspective, reduce the pressure on the customer success manager and actually have deeper engagement with between the customer and the brand, right? The CSM and the personal relationships that you have with people inside the company are one thing, but it should not even be close to the only thing. It should be 20% of it, not 80% of it, in my opinion. So Christy, what do you think? What's, does that, are you seeing the same thing? You talk to a lot of companies these days that are building customer success programs and teams. What are you seeing relative to that? And do you have any other ideas?
1: So the, the one that you just brought up, because I think we've talked about this together and just to, to, talk a little bit more about that. We've talked about that the CSM no longer owns the relationship, right? I think we've talked about like owning moments and and being an orchestrator of the partnership, but the organization as a whole is responsible for engaging that customer at different times in different ways. And so I think moving away from this whole concept of the CSM owning the relationship or owning the partnership um, is something that we've got to move away from. Cause I feel like that sense of ownership is actually having probably a negative impact on the employees and the customer as a whole. And I, and do you do
2: you think that, that there because there's this ownership mindset, which is good, like you want somebody to feel accountable.
1: Accountable, customer, sure.
2: Yep. Right. But do you think is it getting in the way like, hey, I'm going to protect my customers. I'm not going to let sales yeah. do a reference call. I'm not going to let marketing reach out to do a case study ask. Or is that what you mean?
1: Absolutely. Right. So it's, yeah. it's just across the board, you've you become this like uh, gatekeeper of these customers where you're not actually helping orchestrate all the appropriate relationships. And we've even talked about this with like single-threaded internal relationships from a customer's perspective. If somebody leaves and they felt like the only person that they, they trusted in the organization is now gone, yeah, that whole entire relationship and that partnership's at risk. So it does a disservice to everybody involved when you have this owners, oh, this ownership mindset um, where people are just acting a little gatekeeperish, ish Yeah. I, th-
0: I think the other thing that comes to mind too, is this idea of like trust inside of your company, you know, like th- there is like a, a lack of inherent trust. Like I, you know, you see this all the time with sales teams who are kind of like, Oh, can I really put this person in front of the the prospect or that what are they going to say? I don't really quote unquote trust what they're going to say. Right. they they might lose this deal for me. And that's an inherent lack of trust. And I think that same thing perpetuates on the customer side sometimes, right? Where you're a customer success manager and you say, Hey, I, yeah, maybe I have somebody inside the organization that I can, you know, reach out to and bring into a relationship, but can I really trust what they're going to say? I need to control the message. I need to put the slides together. I need to do it. Right. And so I think you're right, Christy. Like it's almost like that. Sometimes that inherent trust issue pops up inside of teams where, uh, if you can't trust what somebody's going to say, then you're not going to put them in front of it, in front of, and you're not going to put them in front of the customer. And then it almost like deepens your reliance on that CSM and it kind of perpetuates on itself over and over again. Um, so I, th- I think about that a lot. The other, the other thing that I, th- I find interesting too is, um, you know, your point, Jay, about the one to one relationship is I think we talk about designing playbooks a lot. And a lot of times those playbooks are for one to one interactions. Yeah, We're not building building playbooks that say, hey, CSM, let's build a playbook that tells you a great opportunity where you can bring this customer into a call with 10 other customers, or hey, let's build a playbook where we can... You you can definitely or you can definitely say, hey, this is the opportunity for me to bring in an executive sponsor and somebody else into this relationship, right? We build a lot of one to one playbooks that says, hey, here's what you do when at, for a QBR, hey, here's what you do during renewal time, hey, here's what you do, right? But it's all you you you, it's not we we we. So like, think about how how we change playbook design to think about those one to many interactions as well. I think that, and that's a second point I'll make about that too. I think that goes into a lot of coaching opportunities that are missed listening and identifying opportunities for those types of moments, I think just goes unnoticed as well, where, hey, you know, Christy, you've been doing this for so long. You might be on a a call with a customer Um, even now, right? In your role, you talk to a lot of customers. You might be on the phone and you might hear something, a little insight. You might say, you know what? That's awesome. There's like three other customers I know that are doing that, right? And you're probably inherently making that um, choice and decision to say, hey, I'm going to introduce them to others. But like I think coaching people for the listening parts of those calls and saying, okay, this is the time when you can take that moment and, you know, do something with it. That's a, that's another skill that I think, um, kind of goes, um, unnoticed or uncoached a lot.
1: Yeah, I I would agree with you there. Um, I think something else, uh, hold on, uh, quick, can can we jump to another assumption? Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear this. Uh, I've got one. Um, and let me know if I if I'm catching on to this whole, I mean, like not fair. You guys had what a full yeah, day we, we prepped. noodle on fair. this. Um, so what about CSMs being responsible for retention or churn? Mm. I think that's that's something that we've got to move away from because there are so many factors that go into and play into a fact of whether or not a customer or company stays or goes. And I don't think it's the sole responsibility of the CSM. And I think some of the metrics that we associate with compensation and CSM performance would actually marry those two. And I think that that is something we've got to move away from. Um, We've got to really bring in the entire organization to have some accountability, right? Going back to the fact that if a customer stays or goes, the CSM is there to orchestrate activities and to help kind of shepherd things and people and process. But at the end of the day, if you've got a product that stinks, it doesn't work. If you've got marketing that that's really causing a disruption um you know there's so many factors right i would say like financing like your billing system is just like horrible horrible uh, that could even cause it so i think that companies as a whole need to to take accountability each function for for those two outcomes i know what your thoughts are
2: i i literally was writing in my notes about that very thing well you took my first one my
1: first one here if you see it says owns the relationship Mm -hmm. and since you took that one i had to go with my second
2: yeah so okay here i'll take I'll, i'll take what you just said and up it another level i think in 10 years customer success will have looked back at that and it will be like inbound marketing or abm like it'll be a buzzword term that sort of came and went And the reason I think that is because we've created a role, a new role in a lot of organizations that never existed before, right? Over the past 20 years, this has happened. and But the reality is it's not differentiated enough from some of the other roles in the organization. And so it causes a lot of confusion, right? This is like the number one problem I think we all see as we talk to our peers and and listen to people talk in the community is that it's not clear what the mandate of customer success is. There's a little bit of account management. There's a little bit of adoption. There's a little bit of outcome management, right? But as a company scales, do you really need something called customer success or do you just need to align around a mindset of customer success and make sure that all the players that you place on the field, so to speak, are doing the right things to go drive it. Is product building product that customers want, right? And that's easy to use. Is sales positioning it, selling it the right way. Is marketing positioning it the, the right way and gaining attention the right way. All those things are customer success, not a team, right? Account management is a very well-worn rut in the road. What should they be doing to go drive outcomes, right? So maybe what I, what I feel like we've done is we've taken pieces of people's jobs and we've created a new role and we said, customer success manager now owns all these little pieces and everybody's looking at that saying, I still don't get it. We hear it every day, right? They still don't get it. And so maybe the, the easiest thing to do is move away from the buzzword and just move everybody toward the right roles, doing the right things, no matter what you call them. You can still have a chief customer officer. You can still have a director of customer success. So that's my bold prediction is that 10 years from now, customer success will be, a the words won't mean anything.
0: Getting your business running in ship shape isn't as easy as clicking a button, but it is as easy as implementing a CRM platform that's purpose built for you and your business. Other CRMs can be cobbled together from disparate systems, but HubSpot is carefully crafted in-house for enterprise or scaling businesses alike. Its suite of operations and sales tools work together seamlessly so you and your team can focus on optimizing the customer experience. For all my ops folks out there, the sandbox feature lets you test and iterate workflows, web pages, and integrations before going live so your customer user flow is perfected before it gets into production. For the sales teams, team email lets you turn customer emails into tickets or send them straight into your shared inbox, keeping everyone on your team in the know at all times. Learn how to grow better by connecting your people, your customers and your business at HubSpot.com. I like it. Um, I also
1: think by design and intention, we've also set people up to be less successful because you're taking so many different skills and so many different parts of the the work that needs to get done and putting it into one person's scope. And And it's different at every company.
2: It's different at every company. So how are we ever going to gain traction around that role?
1: Yeah, I like it.
2: Jeff, it sort of goes back to what you were saying too. Like I think about the ability for a CSM to look at, and listen to a, a conversation and pull out the the marketing centric bits or the pieces that need to go broader and be shared more broadly. Like that's a skill into itself. The people who are good at one-on-one relationship building and outcome management and account management, they might not have that skill set. You might not even be able to coach them on it. Right. So are we overloading the role just in that alone? Yeah. I don't know.
0: I think the point about you know, going back to your your point, Christy, you know about the the way that compensation models are built as well is NRR is the buzzword of every B two B SaaS company right now. If you look at any publicly traded SaaS company, you know yep. it's all about what's your net revenue retention um, and what that what that number looks like. Um, and I I mean I I think you're I I go down that path that you found, Christy, where it's like okay in in most let's just call them in in most growth stage companies right now the customer success manager has a lot of pressure on themselves around the gross retention or net retention metric themselves. Um, And so I would love to see in the future, right, that you hold you, a company carves off a certain portion of, you know, funds or um, a bonus pool or whatever it might be for the entire company based on an NRR metric. And then you move people's, move people into more of a base salary, like a, a full salary where it's not commissioned. It's, you know, not based on the retention rates or anything like that. Right. But Hey, let's all let's compensate everybody because from product building all the way through sales to delivery support, right? Everyone's impacting net revenue retention. So how can you compensate everybody for achieving something like that as a business, making that more of a team effort? And then how do you move like a CSM or move these other roles into much more of like a hey, let's just pay you, you know, a salary that you know is commiserate for what you're doing. So I think that I think that direction is going to be more. Um, more of an approach. And I think you're starting to see some of that with some companies. um, Like I've heard just through, whether it's LinkedIn messages or reading just some documents, but like Salesforce and some other people are moving in a way where it sounds like their CSMs aren't comped as heavily on like a a bonus metric around NRR or GRR. So I like that one, Christy. What... What, uh, is there any, any predictions or any, anything that you, you think that we hold on to today that uh, around like a technology, like the technology side of things, um, that we feel like is going to change dramatically, or do you think that's, I don't know, do you think that's still nascent in terms of its development that there's not, I mean, it's still going to kind of keep going down that path.
1: Jeff, what, what's the question there? What are we asking specifically?
0: (laughs) Is there... Is there something that that we're holding on to today? Like, for instance, like everyone wants to be able to uh, email their customers at scale. Is that something, you know, like, are, are we holding on to kind of technology that's been in the past? Like, what's the new, what's what's something that is going to be, um, that's going to become true? Like, you know, are we going to stop emailing our customers in, at bulk? You know in in bulk as we go forward and we're going to move to something that's more like sms texting based where we have um you know messages going to people's cell phones or i don't know i'm just trying to think if there's anything that we hold true from the technology side like i think another one is you know i think which is already changing and morphing is health scores you know is is like a topic that people talk about all the time that seems to be one of those things that um people talk about but becomes too complicated and so you know, is that something that, you know, Jay, to your point, is that something that we're going to look back on in a number of years and just say like, man, I can't believe we were trying to make a health score with like 25 metrics in it. And, you know, that just seems uh, kind of otherworldly. Nobody wants to pick that one up.
1: Well, no, your last comment, like targeted Jay specifically about the health score. So I'll jump in. I kind of give you my thoughts. here. Yeah. Um, I think how we think about using technology today is going to evolve. I don't know that, the use cases are gonna inherently all go away, but what I will think will happen is that we're gonna see a greater level of transparency. I feel like right now, the way that technology for in support of customer success is an outcome, um, teams are using it very internally focused to drive their, their strategy, their playbooks, right? it's all very yeah. internally focused. I think we're gonna to get to a place where it's there to drive collaboration and partnership, it's going to allow people to see how you know how they're doing against other customers. Obviously, with not specific data, but like I, I do feel like it's going to it's going to open up in a very different way and how people think about leveraging it to drive their business and to gain insights and when to intervene and when to engage. I think that's going to be the future. Um, right now, I do think it's still all about the company. Right, and has nothing yeah. to do with the customer. And this goes back to your point about the journey, which I think is also very internally focused for most organizations, right? It's all about them checking their boxes and doing their things and trying to move the customer along this path that is designed as a standard, which I'll tell you, I don't have two customers that operate or behave the same way. I don't have two, they're mm-hmm. all different. And so I think the all of these things that we're gonna see are going to start to include some level of flexibility right. That it's going to allow us to lean in differently and pull our customers along for the ride, as opposed to us pushing them through this journey.
0: I think that's a really, I think the one around transparency and, and pushing some of these things, you know, to collaborate with a customer more frequently is like, I agree. And I hope that's closer than, I hope that's uh, coming sooner than later because, you know, I think it's, it's far too often. We build things like you said, right. I'm building a deck for a customer, a QBR. Right. And I, am inherently building it myself and then getting feedback. And so it's like, what helped that was just doing it in Google slides, sharing the link with that person. And then we're collaborating on it. Right. So why can't I do the same thing around my account plan or success plan? Why can I do the same thing um, when it comes to even just thinking about like the next phase, right? Like the next three years, is there are there opportunities for us to grow that account? And like, can I be collaborating with my counterpart on the customer side much earlier, right? Hey, here's what we're looking at as the next three years. Can you make sure that you're including this in the budget process now, right? Rather than in November saying, Hey, you know, here's the, here's the increase. You want to make sure you squeeze that into the budget. Oh, we didn't have time to squeeze it. Okay. You know, just, I think it creates a different conversation. So I like that one a lot, Christy transparency and technology.
2: Yeah. The customer journey is like, we think of it as the steps in the process, but really for them, it's their journey through whatever you're trying to teach them and the change that has to happen in their organization. It's better, I think, to look at that on a like a maturity model basis. And we used to work, Jeff and I used to work with a guy, uh, one of the private equity um, teams we were on, who called it the swoosh. Like up and to the right, like what are the stages of maturity that you're going through as an organization? Like if you're a customer success team and you're using a platform, like the first step on that is just you know, basic contact tracking, conversation tracking, maybe CFSM sentiment tracking. And then you move along over time, you get more sophisticated. You add scoring, you add, you know, particular playbooks and all that kind of stuff. So it's the uh, customer journey maturity index kind of thing. You always see in marketing, but that stuff's real. And every, and every business has those. So, all right, what else? So what else is, what else are we bait? What else is, Based on faulty or old assumptions. You got anything else, Christy?
1: I mean, Jeff should just be spewing these ideas because again, you guys had much longer to think <laughs> through these.
2: I'm feeling um, a little animosity here. <laughs> yeah, she is.
1: Listen, I would like—I'd like the like prep time. Um, all right are we <laughs> are we ever gonna move away from? I mean, like, all right, this is more of a question, and we'll, we'll see where this takes us for a second. Why are we still having to explain why customer success and support aren't the same thing? I think this it's, is just a question. I don't know that I even yeah.
2: have
1: an answer for this, but like I, the fact I mean, that it still needs to be explained often.
2: Yeah. I mean, I get, every time I post something on LinkedIn about that, i sort of get berated by somebody like, are we still talking about this? And it's usually one person I won't name, but
1: I mean, it's not me, but I'll no, be it's not you.
2: It's <laughs> on this call. Um, But the reason I keep posting that stuff is because it resonates a lot every time I post it, which tells me it's still happening a lot. And when I talk, it's
1: still a problem. That's what I'm saying. It's still, there's confusion everywhere. And I'm just, I guess I can't wrap my head around it. Like why, why that's still a thing.
2: It's because of the lack of a clear mandate on the proactive side. So, and the fact that customers are going to, well, And this is, again, like something I talk about a lot, but it's because the support function hasn't been built out to to enable a customer success motion. And what I mean by that is you have to, I call it the dial tone in an organization. The support team has to be like the always on, not always on, it's not 24 by 7, but always reliable, always, you you can always count on that. Because if I can, if I know I can go to support and get my questions answered, get my problem solved and that's going to happen quickly and reliably, then I know that I don't need to use my customer success manager for that. The reason customer success managers get pulled into that kind of work and having you know weekly or semi-monthly or monthly calls to review the open case list is because the stuff's not getting done, and we might not be communicating well what it is. And what I mean by that is if, if we have a bug in the software, sometimes you don't fix bugs. Some companies at certain times and stages and the nature of the bug, it won't get fixed, right? Anytime soon. So better for the support team to just tell the customer, got it. You know, look, we're not fixing this right now. Just want to be real clear with you on that. We'll come back to you when we do. We're going to close the case. Move on, right? And I just made that sound a lot easier than it actually is, but that's the talk track. So, but if we're not having that conversation and then customers start escalating stuff, then they're pulling the CSM into that support issue, right? So it all comes back to, you know, how are we building the product? How are we supporting the product first? And and it's a slippery slope that the CSM gets pulled into. One of the things we launched this uh, last year was something called Premier Support, which is if you want to have a call with somebody every month or every two weeks to go through your open cases and help help us prioritize them and make sure that you know, we're tackling the things that are most important to you on the list from a product, not feedback, but product health perspective, then that's a different person and they live in support. We're not going to put our CSM in that position. Now we're not perfect on that yet. Not everybody has premier support, but that is a benefit of it.
0: So anyway, there's,
2: there's more too, but those are some things that come to mind. I'll give. I thought else. for a minute,
0: Christy was going to say, "Can we? Can we just get rid of support? Let's just build perfect products that work all the time, hundred percent of the time." Well,
1: I live in reality,
0: so. I was <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, I mean, I think, I guess, you know, Christy, do you think that we still have to? Do we? Do you think we still have to explain this because the roles aren't differentiated enough?
1: I don't know that communication is clear to executive stakeholders i don't think that the education is is maybe happening right i think that there is a challenge in organizations where maybe customer success and support since it's in its infancy and people just don't know like you don't know what you don't know right if you're if you're building an organization and you've not done this 5 times before and you know what the two scopes of those roles are and the value and you need proposition of each is, you might be entering this blind in and say like, well, you know what you're going to do, this person is going to do these five things, right? It could just be early stage and then the lack of maturation over time, right? You could create a role early on where you have 10 customers. Great. You're going to have a jack of all trades. This person is going to do everything. You might not evolve over time to really start to create different functions. And so maybe that's a reason. Leadership doesn't know. You have Layers of leadership within customer success that aren't strong enough voices to go and push back and educate and enable. I mean, I I'm not in every organization to understand what their challenge, their unique challenges are, but I can tell you it's probably due to a lack of education and communication um, when it comes to senior leadership that's probably driving the mandate around how to behave and how to orchestrate the team supporting the customer.
0: Yeah, I th- I think the the thing. If I was in an organization right now that was that was ch- challenged with this, um, I come back to your example, Christy. From this is a while ago, but um, it was around your QBR at one of your old companies, and how you instead of naming it a QBR, right? You actually named it what the industry would call that report, and I forget what it, what it was actually called. But I do, um, I
1: do a core meeting, our customer yep. objectives review meeting.
0: Yep. And so I think Maybe. about just how do you how do you name the roles so that it becomes more clear, right? So instead of a a customer success manager, why don't you name it something like a community coach or something that is much more applicable so that you understand, right? When I say customer success manager and I say customer support, both have customer in them, both have an S in them, both can be CS, right? They're all like, there's all these like variations that you think about, okay, well, we've actually made it really hard for the customer to distinguish that because we haven't put a stark enough or con- like a stark enough contrast. So I think about naming those things different. And also like that provides yeah, a little Jeff, can bit- I ask
1: you a question? Can I, can I pause you there? Cause I don't want to lose this. Yeah. So if you change the name though, what do you think of that, does that have any, does that have any impact to employees based on their resume, right? Like Uh. from a hiring standpoint. So now like we've created a thousand different names, like from a either hiring manager pipeline building, like I'm looking for a what, Um, or if I'm trying to find a job as an employee, right? Like I'm not getting, I'm not getting callbacks because I have this weird creative title that was very unique to my previous organization. I don't
0: know. Mm -hmm. So I think about title and role, right? So I think from a title perspective and something that's like, that they can put on their resume for all intents and purposes. And when I do a job description, I'm going to put customer success manager on that. Right. And I'm going to tell that person as you build your resume, whatever you need externally facing for your career, customer success manager, as we go on our customer journey and the role that you're playing on our customer success you're not a customer success manager you your role is x and your role can be different than what your title is and i think distinguishing that difference and helping our team know that i mean there was an example um Jay, for our implementation what we what we wanted to start calling them um
2: consult something different
0: no there was um onboarding specialist oh launch, launch, yeah launch success manager yeah your launch yep. success manager so that's not somebody's title right their title is implementation manager but the role that they play on the customer's journey and, and in that customer team is a launch specialist and so like that to me is like a, a a difference right now when i see the word launch oh okay they're helping that is very they're helping me to launch right That that is a very clear indication of what that role is meant to do very different than implementation because implementation I just assume they're helping me get the software up and lo- like up and running. I don't think that they're helping me until my launch day. I just think that they're provisioning my license and giving it to me right? there's there might be a difference so I, I think about how you could do that and I just think there's a lack of creativity in that right It just kind of every organization that you you know you see or go into it's kind of like oh here's your implementation person, here's your customer success manager, here's your support And I also think if you could make make a customer think in a good way uh, it, a little bit differently and say, This is your launch specialist. This is your community coach. This is your support. Wow. Now I noticeably know, okay, launch is to get me to hear coach is meant to help me maximize the value of what I have and support is to help me when I have something that, you know, I need to, I need to get fixed. And now I actually probably make a different association to your company, right? I actually think about your company probably more because there's a difference of name and it's kind of like, oh, that's unique. That's different. That's a little, um, you know, it's a little bit more noticeable. So anyways, I think about I think there, I think in some fallacies we get in this trap of just naming something because it's been named the same way, or it's something that's been done, like we're talking about today, right? And I, I think that one is probably something that we just fall into uh a trap of because it's easy. What else? Jay, you got any others?
2: Um, I was looking across my list. I, mean, I think we hit a lot of it, right? I mean, a lot of this comes down to role, role clarity and making sure that, you know, if we're going to have something in our organizations called customer success, that it is, is very clear what it is and what it is not. And you see this, like, even if you read stories of of people, I was reading a blog last night where, you know, first version of customer success was the wrong version and it took wrong version, meaning it wasn't like, not that there's a pure version, but, it was a little bit more support heavy. It was a little bit unclear, ambiguous, the identity crisis. You hear about that a lot. Like customer success teams having an identity crisis within our org. Um, that's not true for us. I'm just saying like, you hear that a lot from folks um, like, what is it? And, um, and the uh, but, but then they bring in a new leader, right. And the new leader has the clear vision and sort of, sets it right, sets a purpose statement out for what the customer success team is and is not, differentiates it from the other roles in the organization. And I think that that leadership is usually what it takes to get it straightened out. But even then, I would say, you know, it's still wonky, right? Because there's this role in there that over overlaps with other things. So it is really a company by company thing right now that you have to just be clear what the each role in the organization does. So, you know, I don't know if I just added anything to the discussion there, but that's, you know, I think we just have to, I don't know, it may be, it may be something that we move away from over time. And it's like, okay, we had all the roles we needed. Now we just need to instill the right activities and the right behaviors and mindset in each role within the software company that delivers software, um, sells software, markets software, and maintains customers so that we're all doing customer success. That's, I think, my big takeaway. Hey, everybody, Jay here. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. You know, this started as a labor of love for Jeff and I a couple of years ago, and it's really turned into a movement around customer success and community, and we couldn't be more thrilled to be a part of it. Uh, we grow this by word of mouth, so we'd we'd love it. If you're willing and you find value in what you hear on this podcast, leave us a rating or a review on, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It'll help us grow and, and provide value to more customer success professionals. Also, if you haven't yet, please sign up for Gain, Grow, Retain, the online community. It's gaingrowretain.com. You can meet other people, make one-on-one connections, share ideas, get ideas, grow your career ultimately. Um Be on the lookout also for live events, both in person and virtual this year. We're excited to get back to that. And thanks for being part of the community. We look forward to talking to you soon. Hey, guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.